You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick word from the future, which it turns out is right now. Because right now you can get the photos and videos your business needs while sitting on your couch, no matter where you are. You can grow your e-com store with Suna. Suna is the world's first virtual content studio. In 24 hours, you'll have the solution to your e-commerce sales. No expensive photo or video shoot, just you making money with the images people need to inspire them to buy. Get started today at Suna.co. All right, welcome back. A few months back, I started seeing tons of folks start talking about Shopify Storefront 2.0. And it makes sense because that was a major upgrade that Shopify announced about a year ago at this point. And the whole idea is that Storefront 2.0 is going to give them a ton more flexibility in terms of the functionality when you're building out storefronts, sections, theme app extensions. You know, they were really promising so much more. And it took a while to start to see some of this in action, but our partner agencies are loving it. So I wanted to bring in Marcus Ohanishan, one of our longtime partners over at Trellis, to chat a bit about why brand owners should finally care about Shopify Storefront 2.0. So Marcus, awesome having you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. So let's start with Trellis because this is your first time on the show. Give us an overview of the agency and what you're all up to. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a full service agency based out of Boston, Massachusetts. We have our team remote distributed all over the world, basically. I think we're approaching about 90 plus people at this point. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of clients come to us for development services. So we have a, a handful of development squads, but we also have some float teams like a creative and design team. So creative director, senior, junior designers kind of tie in and float into different squads. We also have a performance marketing team that handles not only performance marketing, PPC stuff, but also some of the organic SEO stuff, tag manager, analytics, search console, all that good stuff. So we are working towards basically a new type of agency as sort of our mission. So they'll have their creative agency, their media agency on record. You know, we want to be basically the e-com agency on record with insights and sort of strategy leading the charge from everything to design and brand to development basically how we interact with the customer at the right time, which is you know performance marketing. And we sort of sit in the market as sort of the jailbreakers and the data-driven kind of tinkerers, we'll call it. So we kind of like to be led from a data-driven approach. So we leave the egos at the door and just basically let that tell the story and make strategic decisions based off of that with our partners Intel. Awesome. I've known Isaiah and Ross for many, many years. Yeah. True veterans in this industry. And I think, you know, when I first connected with them, both Privy and Trellis and GrowthSpark, which is now combined, mm -hmm. was probably about 10 or 15 people each. So awesome to see the growth to 90 people. That's amazing. Absolutely. So what about like focus area for Trellis? Like what's a sweet spot client? And then, mm -hmm. you know, would love to get a feel if there's any clients that you can talk about that are super fun. Yeah, absolutely. So for platforms, we tend to focus on Shopify Plus, really as well as some big commerce just coming up in the rankings as well in the industry. We started off as primarily a Magento-focused agency when I was started probably about three plus years ago at this point. And funny how things have shifted in the industry. Shopify Plus is up there. We're one of the top Shopify Plus partners here. So that's definitely a, a core focus for platform-wise. 
As far as industries and niches and all that sort of fun stuff, we primarily, we have a good handful, but you know, health and beauty is top notch. There sports and fitness, apparel and fashion, toys, games. Uh, we have a couple kind of more one-off ones, but those are some similar areas that we have at least a handful of clients in. Awesome. And we've got a, a bunch of uh, shared customers. Yeah, I know. But like, who's like your most exciting favorite customer to talk about right now? Oh, I can't say that. Don't put me in a box. So don't, don't get me in trouble if other merchants and clients are listening to this. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I will say that we've had a good fair share of uh, fun brands that we've worked with and just generally good people that we enjoy partners that we're partnering with, you know, and, and helping to grow them. We did a project called Made by Nacho, which was Bobby Flay's cat food brand. You know, Bobby Flay, the professional chef. Of course. His cat has like hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers or something ridiculous. Uh, and they came out with a cat food brand. So we helped launch that whole, their whole e-commerce site, uh, which is pretty fun. Uh, we were a design agency as well in collaboration. So more of a, a fun, visual, illustrative kind of aesthetic to it, which is nice. Nice. Some of our mutual privy slash trellis clients, Tina Davies, who does more yeah, like uh, permanent makeup and pigments and things like that. Fernway, which is a new brand out of Boston that does cannabis vapes and things like that. So they actually have two Shopify sites. One is the cannabis side, which you can't really do the e-commerce side of there, but they're yep. sort of building the brand with a merchandise line, more of like a lifestyle brand. Oh, so that's been an interesting strategic play to how to mold and meld the two yeah. user experiences and take the lifestyle brand advocates and convert them into product users and vice versa, you know? That's fascinating. Yeah. And then Magic Beans is another good one. Uh, they're out of Boston as well. They do baby gear and toys and all that stuff. So we've helped them. They've been a client for years and we've helped them scale pretty largely as well. Awesome. And your personal focus area within Trellis, what kind of stuff are you working on, Marcus? Yeah, so I've kind of morphed and evolved into lots of different roles over the past couple of years. I come from a design background. I uh, went to school for it and actually have my own little side agency who's also a privy partner. And I started as a project manager here at Trellis in the Shopify space, turned into account strategist, so more of client nurturing, but also kind of more proactive relationship management there. And then now I'm sort of morphing into this partner's manager role. So I'm kind of doing double duty right now. And I'm in this awkward transition phase, this teenager phase <laughs> of uh, transitioning over to being a full-time partner's manager. But I always come first with a strategic and proactive approach. So it applies to account strategy and project management, or could be dealing with third-party partners and stuff. So awesome. it's all relative. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate all the work that you guys do. Absolutely. Uh, and certainly for our shared customers. And it's awesome to connect. Absolutely. So let's get into the meat of it. Let's talk about Storefront 2.0. Mm -hmm. Let's start at a high level. Like, Why do you think it's interesting to talk about and for people to take a look at? Yeah. So for those that aren't super familiar with it, it's been, I guess it's been announced for a while, but it's still new to a lot of people, including some agencies. We've dove in headfirst, basically. And it's really the way Shopify has kind of reinvented their platform, I guess you can kind of call it. Or from my perspective, at least they've sort of like zoomed out, took a step back, pressed the reset button and really rethought a lot about their approach. So the old approach was, let's go to out of the sandbox or something and buy a turbo theme or go to the marketplace, buy a Shopify theme, install it, and you get what you get, basically. You get the homepage as it is with these specific components, and you can only use them on the homepage. And then your PDP looks like this, and you get those sections there, and that's pretty much it. And of course, if you have a development team and stuff, you can add in customizations and new sections, right? But you have to pay the developer to do that for their time, and also pay for design of what that's gonna look like. You know, So there's all these different steps before you can actually get a new piece of the puzzle into your pages and your templates. The way 2.0 is sort of framed 
is that they're, I guess I can kind of compare it to like Lego blocks. Yeah. So you can build them as components and they're sort of Lego blocks that you can stack on top of each other where you can take from one page to the next and they're very flexible in that sense, just like Lego blocks are. So you do the work once for a component and you can basically kind of reuse that. Um, and obviously the advantage of that is not just saving time and costs, right? So you're not paying a developer to redo different sections every time, but also the ease of use. And from a client's merchant's perspective, it saves you tons of time from a content management perspective when you're in the Shopify customizer. So I really give Shopify some credit here because they've done a great job of really rethinking that experience from an agency that affects the agency, but also affects the merchant and the customer side of things. It's been sort of a game changer in that space. Yeah. One of the other things that I'm just reacting to as you talk about this, like a big theme in store maintenance is load time and like cleanliness Mm -hmm. of code, right? Yeah. And so when you're buying a theme and then you're like customizing that, right? Obviously Mm -hmm. every developer that you hire has the best of intentions, but like you're not really sure the quality of their code and what's that doing to your site. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to go in a different direction, that stuff's still there. So I like that this is kind of giving you tons of flexibility to do stuff like that, but without the inherent risk of, you know, damaging your site or your your site performance or things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I guess you can kind of think of it as a couple different approaches of like when you're starting off and you're sort of trying to build your site or even it's time for a retheme and redesign, you could go one of two routes and really depends on your preference and budget, right? It's like you can get the theme that has all the bells and whistles and detract from it, right? And take away. But, you know, then you might have the underlying scripts that are still there and all the lingering things that are happening. Or you can go with the opposite approach of a lean and mean and minimal theme and then adding components ad hoc as you may need them, basically. Yeah. And that way you're, you're fully in control. And I'm a huge component of simplicity and lean and mean and minimal. And, you know, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's really, um, you know, it depends on your, your technical requirements, really, for your site, you know. But the flexibility is that the 2.0 theme in this framework, basically, that, that is 2.0 is, is flexible in that sense. Do you think Storefront 2.0 kills the need for premium themes? It's a really good question. I'm really curious and interested to see where this goes sort of in the Shopify ecosystem. And if it really takes off and everyone embraces it, yeah, I do think that the need for premium themes won't be a thing anymore. But I do think that there's some value, and it really depends on your resources. And when I say you, I mean the merchant. Like, If you're looking for more design-heavy or more pretty and beautiful aesthetic, then there are some premium themes that you'll pay for that. You know, There's the value there. But I do think that this 2.0 kind of framework is could take over that eventually. Interesting. So let's get into like the different components of 2.0 that excite you. Maybe you can kind of like mm-hmm. punch through and walk us through those. Yeah, absolutely. So, the, you know, there's a ton of documentation and material on the Shopify site. They do a great job of this, but, you know, just in general, everyone's writing blog posts about it now. So a simple Google search will, will come up with a lot more examples too, especially visual, because me personally, I'm a very visual guy. So seeing the customizer and seeing, you know, a quick little screencast and watching YouTube videos of how all this stuff works is going to paint the picture a little bit better, but I'll do my best. (laughs) So the theme editor basically allows you to add in some new sections. Think of it as like a drag and drop template and elements within those sections. So, you know, we're seeing this really in all like CMSs in a way, like, you know, Squarespace is known for their drag and drop functionality, right? Even in the WordPress space, there's the page builders that allows you to have your pre-configured, pre-developed things and move it around. And I want it to be a two column into a three column or kind of have the 
the image on the left and the text on the right or swap it. You know, there's all this flexibility that every CMS platform is giving you nowadays. So they're giving you this new functionality in the theme editor to quickly add the new sections in, drag and drop them, change the, the order, basically, if you want the hero image and stuff on the top and in the navigation versus having it uh, in the middle of the section. So that's one advantage, flexibility there in the theme editor. The other thing that I kind of mentioned was when you have these pre-made sections, you could add them to any page versus just having them developed for the homepage template specifically. Um, and that's a main advantage with 2.0. So, you know, reapplying the sections and the modules on different pages, that will result in consistency and cohesion basically across your brand, right? So you're not reinventing the wheel, every page template that you want an image with some text next to it or, you know, insert other example here, basically, you know? So that creates a lot of high consistency for your brand, which is hugely important, especially on first impression. If you're a new brand, if you're a new launch on Shopify, that goes a long way. A couple of the other kind of more high-level ones are app locks. So allowing applications or Shopify apps to basically combine and integrate within the theme. So I'm sure there's some use cases here, but you don't need to basically hire a developer or agency to open up the source code, manually program in the the logic or the integration point, even if it's the code, you know, pasting in a JavaScript code snippet or something like that, they give you the app locks that will allow you to do that yourself. And of course, there's going to be QA that you'll have to do, right? That just like any update, even if it's just a text update. So you definitely want to do your due diligence and you should, speaking from experience, you should have an agency on call anyway. <laughs> then the, the other one here is uh, Shopify meta fields. And this isn't directly a 2.0 update because I know meta fields will kind of release natively earlier in the year, maybe? I, don't, I actually don't know the timeline. <laughs> but uh, it was, it's been fairly new. We've leveraged Metafield apps in the past that basically yep. will we'll do that and bring that in. You know, we, can, we do screencasts and stuff to empower our clients and merchants to say, hey, here's how you can go in and edit that extra product data. But for those that aren't aware, Shopify Metafields are basically ways to input and leverage and display extra data about products or orders and things like that. And again, now it's natively integrated within Shopify right in the uh, the admin panel. So you can kind of think of it as if you have a product and you have part numbers or uh, we have a client that does candles. So we have the weight of the candle and the burn time of the candle and maybe the, the size and dimensions of the candles. And that's different for every product, but it's going to be a piece of data that we want on every product. The data, you know, the variable is going to change. So we've set that, that up as meta fields and the client can go in into each product and update them one by one, or you know, you do the export and import type of thing as well. But that's huge, and that's really uh, again, I think the number, the underlying theme here is flexibility. If I can like yeah. dwindle the whole entire podcast episode down to this, yeah. is flexibility. I think it's flexibility without you know uh, compromise. Yeah, like the nerves of or the cost of yeah. paying developers and and the trickle down effect of everything that happens after that is is what i'm gathering from all this yeah yep yeah and so the last thing i had on my list here was um and again i'm no developer but you know speed and performance gains are sort of a bigger selling point here for this 2.0 upgrade as well whether it's an upgrade or an install but you should always be looking at speed and performance right it's not just like okay since 2.0 came out now we'll, now we're going to gain a lot of speed you should always be doing speed and performance audits quarterly I would recommend at the very least and really keep an eye on that. And some of it's subjective depending on the tools that you use and, you know, depending on the user experience that you want, right? But focusing on your specific devices, if you have more traffic on mobile, then you should be focusing on that. And the point of the 2.0 um, integration here is that 
there are speed and performance gains because of the, the lean amount of scripts and code that it does leverage. Again, I'm not going to get too technical and, and overspeak because I'm not a developer, but I know that there has been some gains that we've seen from some of our clients and merchants that we've helped uh, with the 2.0 migration. Awesome. And and what does the upgrade process look like? Like, is it about adopting a new theme inside your Shopify account or how does it work? No, not necessarily. So we've done a couple of different implementations um, and they've it really depends on the client's needs. A couple of them and in, in recently have been, you know, they've been happy with the UI and the aesthetic of their website, but they just wanted the the ease of use and the flexibility and the backend customizations that, that we were initially talking about. So it's really been a migration process versus like an overhaul. Yep. So the front end, the user experience didn't really change. Again, they may have some speed and performance gains by a couple of points or something, but really they wanted to save time and money to not pay us to implement certain things or yeah. add new sections to their pages. So we do an upfront, you know, discovery, we'll call it basically like an audit to see what their theme and site looks like and kind of give them a, a rough ballpark estimate and tell them what the process may look like. But nothing on the front end has really changed for that like migration process that we're talking about. That's awesome. If it is time for like a redesign and, and you know, the client and merchant is just not happy with their overall aesthetic and things like that, then we'll suggest when we do this, obviously the new clients coming on board for full builds is we're going to build it on the 2.0 flexibility platform. You know, the, and you know the aesthetic and the UI and UX can be customized based off of the requirements and things like that. But we start with that versus the native go out and get a Shopify theme kind of approach. Yeah, it's refreshing to hear you talking so positively about a new iteration of Shopify that in some respects has the intention of creating less dependency on agency partners, right? Yeah. But I think really this is about the best for the merchant and empowerment. Yeah. And probably also saving headaches for partners like you too down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, again, we see us as an extension of our clients, right? We're, we're truly partners with them as cliche or, yeah. or overly used as that sounds. We'd rather provide value on a strategic level than be the development workhorses, right? Like if you want people to just sit there and do development work, then maybe we're not a good fit as far as the agency goes. We bring more to the table than just we're really good Shopify developers. You know, like I mentioned, we have a lot of strategists, including myself, that can bring more value and you know really zoom out and do more long-term backlog planning and thinking of what's their the product roadmap look like, what's their you know really engulf. Like we love to learn everything about the business from an operational standpoint, from a, a user experience standpoint, and really come to the table with more value and ideas to say, oh, we're partners with this. Let's get an email intro set up. Maybe you can be saving some money here. Maybe you could be using this tool because we notice you're, you're not leveraging all the right features of this tool. Yeah. Just kind of doing the holistic, all-inclusive kind of view to that. Awesome. Well, Marcus, this was great. It was super helpful for me. Honestly, I haven't explored 2.0 a ton. So great to see the work that you're doing here and appreciate you coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. 